Hello and welcome to episode 17 of Behind the Journey. This is a show where myself and Sam Spencer discuss my business journey in much more detail. This week we talk about the awards just gone, plastic straws, and bettering yourself. I'm at my We live. We are. Do you want me to start? I'll start. I'll start. I feel like you've been away from me for a few days and you just haven't been able to like rip into me a bit. So I feel no. like I'm, I feel like this podcast could get sketchy. Sketchy. <laughs> Go on. Right. So. Sorry, just for everyone listening there, Sam had this really awkward pause where he said, I haven't seen him for so long that he thinks we're going to rip into him in this podcast. So if everyone listening at home, I promise that this podcast, I will not rip into Sam for the next 40 minutes. As much. As much, as always. <laughs> so speaking of, where have you been for the last like three, four days? Like I was away on Monday, so that's my problem. Basically, Sam was a part-time, went for a, a weekend away from Friday to Monday and he's blaming me for that. <laughs> he's saying, where, where have you been, Pete? Well, actually, I've been at work. I've been working very hard. I've been grafting. I've been putting in the hours. Well, you've been on the Sun Lounger, probably. Probably not. It was not sunny this weekend. It was, was raining. Very, very bad <laughs> um, so, yeah, a few things happened. I've just... This is a really weird day. It feels really out of sync. And also, everyone who's watching this podcast on YouTube, uh, I'm wearing a white tee, as you'll see. This is very unusual for me. It's because I've been at a the Lincolnshire show. And um, what you'll all know with me is I wear full black, right? It's my easy way of making... Everyone knows why I wear black, I assume at this point. It's easy to make decisions, and I can't bother making a decision on fashion every morning, and I'm not very fashionable. So I wear black every day. Apart from when I'm forced by somebody to, quote-unquote, can you come slightly smarter today, Pete? So my slightly smarter outfit is a white T-shirt, short sleeve, H&M, 399 special, with a blazer of some form, uh, and that is me being smart. Everything from the waist down is exactly the same, but I wear a white tee, and I wear a blazer. So, um, if anyone's looking to save money but be fa- be fashionable, please hit my DMs uh, at pweb on Instagram. Smash of the smart casual. Hmm. Yeah, I went to Lincolnshire show today. I've been in Lincolnshire uh, for about five years now, six years now. I've never been to Lincolnshire show. Um, it's the biggest event around here. Um, Lincolnshire is quite a farmery place, so you know all the agricultural people kind of come together and put a show on and. Um, I went with Brad for some executive dinner, executive lunch, and we just kind of wandered around and networked as always. So it's quite nice to get out and see people in different environments, bump into some clients and prospects um, while enjoying ice cream and seeing chickens in pens. Why couldn't and I come Yorkshire today? Tea. Sorry? Why couldn't I come today? It sounds fun. You could have come to me, I know, some reflection, <laughs> but um, steep ticket prices out of my, out of my budgets. And I know that yesterday I was frantically trying to sort out the Distract podcast because for some reason everyone was MIA in the office because I think, what was it, like a team of you went down to um, London. What was that So last week, um, I think I mentioned last week or the week before, like thanks to someone who referred us a real big client and prospect. And uh, yesterday we went to London to pitch that prospect. Um, So we had four of us go down, me, Steph, Tom and Craig um, from the ad department to pitch that, that contract. Really interesting pitch, actually. If we get it, it'll probably be our biggest client we've ever had. Um, puts us on a whole new map in terms of what we can do as an agency. And the most impressive thing, and look, I'm not going to sit here and go, we've got this contract 100%, right? I'm not going to say that. would be stupid of me to say that. But in the sector that they are in, we own the largest influencer channel in that sector, right? And they're doing no influencer marketing, and I own the largest influencer 
in that sector. So for us, that could be very interesting because uh, they can't get that reach from any anyone else, anyone. Um, so it's definitely helped the cause. So we should get it. Um, but there's five other pitches today for that contract. So there's six agencies going for one job, uh, and hopefully we've we've won it and um, and fought our corner well. As always, it's distract. You know, just slightly punching above their weight. Um, you know, swinging the, the swinging their arms around and hoping they land a few punches. Um, trying to do a Ruiz against Joshua sort of level, and you know, maybe you'll get the knockout and win, right? Um, but we'll see. You know, it's always fun to to push boundaries. It's always fun to keep moving forward. And you know, like I said, hopefully we can we can bring it home. But we'll find that out uh, next week. We should actually know by the next podcast if we've got that got that contract or not. And um, I'll let you guys know if we do get it or if we do lose it. I think th- these are the sort of contracts that allow us as an agency to keep growing, keep moving forward. And I think what I need to start doing actually is when we do something big, some big growth moments, which I speak about, spoke about in the last podcast, you know, growth moments when it's hard, it's difficult, but you, you grow as a business or as a person. I'm, I'll start making them more aware. And this is one of those growth moments, you know, doing a pitch on, you know, on an outrageously sized company. Uh, and hopefully we can bring it home for the, for the squad. I feel like every time I hear about one of these um, growth moments, these big companies that we're pitching for, it's really, really exciting because it's taking stuff to the next level, but I feel like at the same time, it's also so, so dangerous. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> look, I mean, look, I mean, this isn't, everyone needs to understand this when they're at home, right? And I want you to really wind back. So, we start an agency, we're in Cafe Nero, it's me and Brad trying to graft it out, right? We're making no money. Uh, I'll get a few clients in, oh shit, we've got clients, right? Let's try and grind something out here. Then we get a member of staff, it's, oh shit, I've got salary, let's grind out here. These are all scary moments. So, first of all, getting a client was scary. Making a hire was scary. But the one that, I remember this, real deep down, and Brad might deny this, but I'm going to give you the honest truth, right? We had a client, when we first started Distract, all we did was organic social media, which is basically just posting out, right? And to be honest with you, on reflection, if all we did was that today, we'd be dead. Be gone. Because organic social doesn't work, Right? And this is why I always talk about innovation, pivoting, drive your business forward, keep pushing on. I remember we were doing organic social media for a client, which was probably our ninth client, maybe tenth client. And uh, I was in a meeting, and he said to me, right, Pete, can we do some Facebook ads? And I went, yep. <laughs> and I went back to the office. I was like, right, Brad, we're doing uh, Facebook ads for some such. And he went, no, we're not, Pete. We have no idea what we're doing. I was like, ah, I'll figure it out. And we figured it out, and it was fine. And the client got a great return. And obviously, from that point, you then employed people who knew how to do it. But every single time you go, yeah, sure, is a moment where you're like, oh, I don't know, this is a growth moment, but I'm going to grow anyway. And we've done that time and time again, time and time and time and time again, where you feel like you're maybe slightly out of your depth. You know, you're know, you doing the Ruiz versus Joshua. You're slightly, you know, if you pull it out, it'll do well. And every time we've done a growth moment, it's always put it in our favor, right? And I think the, you know, I'll be honest. I remember when we did that and I said, yes, Brad didn't want us to do it. He wanted me to turn around and go, tell the client we're not doing it. And I said, no, we're doing it. And that is why we're such a good duo, right? Is that Brad is controlled, um, very understanding, will we'll think everything through in such a detail. And I'm very much like, yes, let's move, let's grow. And having them two people together has allowed us to grow at the rate we're growing now. If I had just said yes to everyone, we would have popped and you know the business wouldn't be here. But if Brad had said no to everyone, we never would have been where we are today. We'd have, you know, we would have died. So um, growth moments are the fundamental that every business has to go through. I would say if you haven't, felt a growth moment is because you haven't said yes when you should have said yes. You've said no too many times. And the way you exponentially grow a business is by saying yes a few more times than you feel comfortable doing. Uh, and that's what has allowed us to put us where we are today. And, you know, this pitch that we went to yesterday is a growth moment. You know, um, is it too big for us? 
Maybe, maybe it is, right? But I know the team can pull it through. I know we can make some hires if we do get it and, you know, it'd be one of those that really pay off for us. Uh, and I'm always comfortable being uncomfortable. I'm always comfortable with doing those growth moments because I know it's worked so well for us in the past. And when business gets very stable, when it gets to a point where you're like, yeah, it's all going quite well right now, that's the time to be concerned. That's the time to go, where's the negativity going to come right now? Where am I going to slip up? Where am I going to lose? Which is why you should always look for the growth moment because it keeps things going. It keeps things you on your toes. It keeps things moving forward. And for me as a person, it makes sure that I remain interested, to, to be honest. You know, everything every time we grow and do something more, it keeps me interested. And that's my biggest problem as an entrepreneur is I get sparkle eye syndrome. You know, I'll see the next shiny thing in the corner and want to run after it, which is why, you know, this helps me much more. Well, I suppose that's the, um, the like the difference between like distract and like other places. It's that someone like you will say yes, not knowing how you'll do it, but you'll work it out. Yeah. And because if, if you're stable, it's like you've said like a lot of times about the compound growth. It's like if you're stable, you're not actually, you're not staying the same. You're actually getting worse because other people are still getting better and better like on, alongside you. I think there's a massive misconception with um, being a great business person, entrepreneur business. I think everyone thinks to be a great, and I, read, I heard a quote yesterday or the day before, which is where I'm going with this. Everyone who thinks to be great, you have to be great. I actually think you're wrong. I think to be great, you have to be good for a long, long period of time. And I believe that if you're good for a long, long time, you'll be great. Right? Because I believe it's how good you are multiplied by consistency, which leads to the outcome. So if you are, you know, if you're just sporadically good every now and again, right, you'll never be great. You're sporadically good. You're good. But if you're good consistently for 12, 20 years, you'll be great. Uh, and I think that's the problem people have when they're growing a business or thinking about anything through is that they'll have these big bursts of motivation, right? I'm going to do it now. I'm going to crack on now. I'm going to do this now. It's like, focus on one thing, graft really, really hard for a long period of time, and then you'll be great. Uh, and everyone just thinks to be a, have a great business, you have to have a great business. But I think you have to have a good business that is consistently good. Because there's so many businesses out there, so many individuals out there that are good when they want to be good, and not good consi consistently, and that's I think is the secret. Is that going to be one of the next chapters of your book in the back of your mind? Being good for a long period of time. Uh, actually, that kind of rolls into um, part of the book, but it's not that wouldn't fit into this. This book is great. How's it going? Again, like I haven't read. You tell I, me every single day, but I haven't had your voice. In I, I, my I ear, haven't so. done anything since the last podcast. I think it was on chapter eight, wasn't I? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. I've done chapter eight. Just fair enough. You need yeah. you need to have a break, don't you? Otherwise, yeah, you're just gonna... it's, it's good, man. It's a good book. Um, is, it, is it consistently good? I don't know. Will it be a great book? I don't know. It might be when Mike rewrites it. Yeah, all. hopefully. Uh, Mike's, I think every Wednesday evening he's going through it now, so hopefully it, it works forward. Are there any updates? That This is a question that I want to ask, mm. to be fair, on the new office. Because yes. I'm, as I'm running through the content right now, you had a conversation with someone where you basically said about how the team is starting to like grow apart because everyone's in different offices. Yeah, this is something that every entrepreneur needs to understand, and I've learned this firsthand. When you've built a team that's so together in one office and then you rip them apart into departmental sections and you go, you sit in this office, you sit in this office. What you get is a divide. You get the creative team if they're in one office and the marketing team if they're in the other office. They don't feel like they're part of the same team. Therefore, if the marketing team asks for a request from creative, it may take longer than normal because they don't feel like they're part of the same team. It's definitely an issue. It's definitely happened with us to a low level, but it's happened to us. Um, we've figured out ways to get around that. Just a few, few internal meetings, a few management meetings and don't don't screw us over boys has been said and it's being solved but 
the office is at legal stage now. Um, there's a small term we need to get eradicated from the contract sheet, which our solicitors are looking at now. Should be fine. Um, it's a Brad question, to be honest with you. Brad is the operational genius behind it all. He said to me two months. Um, so we'll see where we're at with that. But that's well on its way. It's well on its way. Um, yeah, it shouldn't be, shouldn't be too much longer. It's, you know, I'm excited for it. I think I was thinking this last night, actually, and uh, I want to hear what you guys think, actually, uh, on the podcast and also Sam's opinion. I don't know where he sits with this. For the vlog, I think that we should admit, turn it more into a... Um, definitely still about me as an entrepreneur, but I think there's no harm in filming internal businesses. So, like, if you think, you know, we're launching this other brand that's going to be live in probably three, probably about a month now, you know, filming the people within that business and me rather than just me all the time, I think is interesting. Uh, like this week, obviously yesterday uh, I was in London. Today I was at this show, Tomorrow in Leeds. Like that's hard for you to get any content. So if we had the ability to film the team, that would make more content. So I think that's what's going to pivot when we get in the office is we'll be able to film more about the team. Well, yeah, it's like I said to you before, it's, it's always interesting to have different voices. Mm. And I think on top of that, let's say you are going to Leeds you're going with four people. That's four people's voices you yeah, can get yeah. all at once. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, no, I think it's a great idea. Like we, we have spoken about it before, and mm. I think that it's something we can just start incorporating, see if it's something that works. I just like shoot, this whole thing. I like shooting the hip. Well, I mean, it. I suppose it goes exactly how your videos have gone. Mm. You were doing videos. You were doing videos. All the staff are doing videos. Yeah. You're doing podcasts. You're doing podcasts. Oh, now all the staff are doing yeah. podcasts. We just taste it. You're we? making YouTube content. Yeah. Oh, let's get the staff doing YouTube content. Yeah, it makes sense. This is all we do, yeah. and this is why we keep pushing forward and keep doing our thing. Uh, I think we should talk about awards actually on this po- on this podcast. I, I don't know what your notes say, but I'll talk about awards. You think we should talk about yeah. awards? Well, we spoke about awards last week. Yeah, but we didn't talk about the aftermath of the awards. Oh no, we didn't. Yeah, because I, I wasn't there, and it was really sad. So, um, I'm over awards. Last week I said I might be over awards. I don't know if I did say the exact words, but I'm pretty sure I said I'm close to being over awards. You did say something along those lines. Yeah. I'm over awards. I think that um, there's two issues with awards. The first one is that they can be manipulated by people judging panel, and the second thing is I think politics play too much of a um, of a strength in awards. So I won Young Entrepreneur of the Year, uh, which is great. Don't Congratulations, thanks, mate. Uh, you know, for me it's just like I'm no fucking entrepreneur. Like the team does, the team is the ones that hustle, and I'm just a front face. So fine, congratulations to the team. Um, but you know, our camp. I will say this truthfully. I've seen the campaigns that won because they've worked with us. So I've seen the campaigns, and our campaign was better. It was fundamentally better. Like you know, we turned the company doing twelve grand a month to one hundred fifty k a month in three months, and it's consistent revenue. Smashing campaign. Um, so I mean, like, why didn't we win? I don't know. Is the answer. I think it's because you can only win one award and we won the entrepreneur. So for me, I think there's too many politics now in awards and uh, we're pulling out. Oh, I just can't bother with it. So, you know, that they, you, there's two ways people could see that. They could see that I was moaning because we didn't win the campaign of the year award, which is fine. We won it three years in a row. Um, Brad said we're not, they're never going to give us the fourth year anyway, which I kind of got that anyway. But yeah, I want to move away from awards. I think they can be manipulated too much. There's a big, there's a big thing in the agency sector of everyone just saying their awards are crap anyway, but we wanted to do it locally. So is you say when you say you're done with awards, is that local awards or awards in general? Like so, it's local awards. I think we'll be done with local awards because there's too many local politics to go with it. You know, are you mates with the organizer? Um, have you got some beef with one of the judges? Uh, did you win a contract from one of the judges? <laughs> you know, little things that that could. I mean, like if I win a contract from a judge and they're judging best com- best campaign of the year, well, I've just beaten them in another thing. Are they going to give me the best campaign of the year? I don't know. They've lost a contract to me. 
So there's a few things that I just don't like. I think nationally you don't get that as much. So probably more nationals. Well, if you, if what you said is like vaguely correct about oh yeah, each person can only get one award, that is just totally wrong. Like, and that's how it came about, in my opinion. Um, everyone won one award, pretty much. Not everyone, that's a lie. But yeah, you know, every single person only got one. Uh, and I normally get crossover too. Some some smashing E three, you know. And uh, last the you know the last awards we went to, we won two awards. Like so, you know, for me, I'm over it. I think what you said was was right last week, Sam, which is I think we're now bigger than local awards anyway. So, yeah, that's that's me saying I'm done with local awards. Now, what I mean doesn't mean is that I won't put anything in local awards. What I said to the team on the night is that because I like the team coming together and getting pissed up, basically, and having a nice social on it, we'll put our side projects in there. So the project we're launching in you know, four weeks' time, five weeks' time, whenever we can get the data off the supplier, yeah, we'll enter that one. We'll enter that one and Distract will be there. It's distract company really, and we'll get pissed off on it, and we'll just go out and have a. I mean, like we'll have a joke and about it. If you it. win, you win. If you yeah, don't, if we don't, you but win. we don't care. But we're not getting involved with politics. We're just getting involved with this is a side project. So um, yeah, and now I see what you know. All the other HE owners I know have said about awards, which is they're a waste of time, Pete. Oh uh, well, so is are, are a lot of people in conjunction with each other just saying it's my one of my HE owners an agency said that he's only reason he's entering it. He's got probably like two years. He's about three, four years old. Never applied for an award ever. Applied for an award just so we can get a ordering agency and then won't ever apply again. So, you know, there's pros and cons to all things. Yeah. I feel I feel like I'm being a bit of a spoiled brat because I didn't win the award, but at the same time, I feel like it's just it's the truth. Well, the award shouldn't go like the the award shouldn't go to second place because that's just rewarding someone yeah, yeah. for not being as good. Mm. Um. So, again, not going back to you being out the office all week. You're mm. out again tomorrow at Search Leads with a load of the team. Yes, so I went to, so I always test these things out with one or two people, and then if it works, I'll work through the team. So, like, you know, standard stuff. So, Search Leads is a, um, a marketing event, mainly search marketing, as you could probably tell from the title. So, um, I'm taking eight of the team down, I think, I think eight, maybe eight of the team, to the event, to listen to speakers, uh, learn some in- industry insights, talk to other agency owners and, and people working within the agency sphere, bump into a few people I know, um, just to get their insights, have a little chat again, because, you know, with these sort of events, what you find is you, you don't see someone for a year until the event again. Do you know what I mean? It's like a year cycle. So it'd be cool to chill with those guys and see what they're doing. Um, and it's obviously in Leeds, so it's nice and jolly, which is a bit of a pain. I was in Leeds last weekend, so back we go again. But yeah, it's chill. I mean, we'll see what happens. Um, there's some people I want to catch up with and try and bring across to the team as well who are all going there. So it'd be nice to try and have a little chat, to try and sweet, sweet talk them over. But yeah, just another, another event. Um, Getting a lot more into events now with the team. If the team see an event they want to go to, or they have some training course they want to go to, we're just saying yes to it now more than you know. Can we learn that in house? We well, yeah, I know that um, a few times in the office, people like uh, Craig and Tom have come down and been like, "Can we go to this because we want to learn more about this to just bo- like boost everything?" Yeah. Because I think um, yeah, and you'd know my responses like yes before they even yeah. show me it. Like it's just you know I have no qualms at all about further development or people that want. Look for me and every entrepreneur that's listening to this. If your staff come to you and go, I want to learn this, that is the biggest thing you can ever have because the worst thing you can have is someone who just sits there and does a job and doesn't want to further their career or develop or learn anything else because that's someone who's not inspired and not bought into the company. But if someone goes, Pete, I want to learn this, it's almost a scam if you say no. If you say no to the person who wants to further their career, become a better person, make your brand better, and you say no, you're an idiot. You're an idiot. And far too many times you'll see... Yeah, people go, I don't want to spend a thousand pounds on that, I don't want to spend five hundred pounds on that. But actually, if that person gets five hundred pounds of value, you can sell that out. It's all the opportunity cost, isn't yeah, it? You don't you don't want to spend that five hundred pounds because oh it's five hundred pounds, but then you think, 
oh, that technique that person's learned, oh, you can charge an extra couple hundred pounds mm. to each client for that because it's a like revolutionary thing that not many people know how to do. Oh, I've got another exclusive for you. We're at B2B Marketing uh, again next year. Oh, really? Sign the contract. I, I, I know there's been a lot of um, he- heated, but not in a bad way, oh, heated phone conversations. Where I love it. There's, I, a, there's a lot of back and forth. I love a negotiation. Like yeah. I love a negotiation, right? And um, we negotiated well. You're, you're negotiating against other people that it is literally their job to yeah. get but, as much money from as possible. But the thing that possible. everyone forgets, right, is that when you're selling, so when you're buying something, you have the most negotiating power. Everyone knows that, right? So when I walk away for two weeks <laughs> and they come crawling back, it's a good place. You've got a good, good footing. So I negotiated well and we got a really good deal. I won't say it on the camera because I don't want to screw them over, but I got a good deal. So we're back. But this year, we're not having a stand. We're having a just a speaking bit. So, you know, like anyone listening at home, you, we had like this speaker area. Then we had like a stand. We're just having the speaker area. Oh, really? Yeah. Fair enough. Because what brought all the leads in was us speaking. It like that. It was a, like a great couple of days mm-hmm. there. Like every, everywhere was filled Oh, and also I've got times. a keynote. You've got a keynote. Big stage. That big one. All right, 300 seat stage. Um... Sounds like you have done well with that, dude. I've done well. <laughs> and I've got two other speaking there, so I've got like loads of speaking there, but done well. We've done well there. So um, you get a talk lined up, really. Might call, might call the name of my book. Be your, book your book will probably be out by then. Yeah, it will, yeah. Give right. away free copies. Uh, you said you had a question from Instagram. Yeah, I sent it to you on WhatsApp. You sent it to me on WhatsApp. Mm-hmm. I'll have a look at it quickly. Right. Who is this from again? Was it Tim? Mm-hmm. As more companies more away from plastic straws, what will happen to the straw manufacturers and what can a business learn by watching this unfold? Right, so there's two things here. So basically, is the plastic straw market is dying because of the turtle that was on Facebook once and um, people are now having pla- uh, paper straws like McDonald's and stuff. What can we learn as, as business owners? Well, the obvious thing is to try and predict trends, right? So if you can see people start dwindling away from plastic straws or you can start seeing people on Facebook going, oh my God, there's a turtle with a straw in its nose, you should be looking to, di- to to pivot, right? And I'm a massive, 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 massive believer in diversifying your portfolio, right? This is the reason that you know I'm looking massively at other opportunities now because I know that the agency world is sweet right now for us, but there could be a time where it's awful. There could be a time where the whole market drops and it can fall straight off the cliff edge. So I would say that if all of your eggs are in a plastic straw market, you've lost because you haven't looked at anything else. So they should have been looking years ago about what's coming next. Is it going to be paper straws? Is it going to be wooden straws? Is it going to be wooden stirrers rather than plastic stirrers? Like, what is the next move? What's going to put me out of business? And they actually, I, here's a good question, actually. The guy that owns or owned my voucher coach, the guy called Mark Pearson, amazing entrepreneur, sold it for something like 40 million, right? Now, I met him about a year before he sold, and I was chatting to him, and he said to me, I've created a side project internally called something like Hot Deals, right? I don't know what it's called, something like Hot Deals. And he's invested half a million pounds into that business with the sole objective to put him out of business. Does that make sense? So he oh, has, so he's hired another team of people to c- compete against him. him? Yes. So he owned 100% of a brand that had the only intention to put his other business out of business. Because if he won, he beat, he's still market leader, right? If he lost... Well, he's still market leader. So he actually invested in putting himself out of business. And I think it's exactly if you have the plastic straw business you should be doing. You should be finding a way. Three years ago, 
when you when your plastic straws are your, your market's booming, you're cracking it, right? What's going to put you out of market? Invest in that. Well, I think especially with the whole like eco-friendly society that everyone's trying to strive towards, like as of now. It's the same with like ring pulls on cans. Like whilst I was waiting for you to get here after I settled the podcast, I was on scrolling through LinkedIn and I saw Corona have started that doing their cans with nice the twist with the um twisting bottoms, which I just think is an amazing idea. Yeah. So I think again it's the plastic industry industry in general should be very, very worried right now. But they should have diversified, right? And I've heard a lot of things about, oh, if we move from plastic or the government in bring in this rule, what happens to these plastic manufacturers? Well the rea- it's the same thing that happened with the print world. It's the same thing that happened with all the, every single industry that's ever gone bust is that you don't evolve, you die. You know, and it, we can't sit here and go, oh, we should look after our plastic industry because uh, we're going to put them out of business with, reg- with regulation. No, they didn't innovate. If they haven't innovated, they deserve to die. And that's the same thing over and over and over again. Every single time is, if you don't innovate, you die. And that, unfortunately, is the same is the same way that everything goes, right? So, you know, I don't think we should be nicer to one industry or the other. Innovation is what drives uh, business. Capitalism is, is what drives innovation. And if someone doesn't want to grow their business in a capitalist way through innovation, they deserve to die. I totally agree. So like, hopefully I didn't insult anyone. But that is the reality of business. If you don't innovate, you won't have a business. Right. I'm going to read out one of your um, Instagram posts from the other day. Okay. Because it was one that I really liked, actually. Not to say that I don't like all your posts. They're, they're I all actually right. don't like any of my posts. <laughs> I have some Sam li- doesn't like my content on Instagram. <laughs> just want to make everyone aware. So please go and I've like. Actually, I'll make I've, to be honest, I've actually not been using Instagram as much recently. I don't know whether that's a, whether that's a trend insight. for other people. Insight. insight. Yeah, I've just, I don't know what it is. I think Instagram's algorithm's just changed as well. I saw a drop in my impressions about a week ago. So the quote was, Stop pleasing others at the expense of yourself. The moment you make yourself happy, it will provide you with the energy to help others. Remember, help yourself first. Easy. Everyone should get this, right? Is that, you know, the standard phrase is you can't... Um, you have to be right, right in yourself before you can do anything else, okay? So if you are sitting there right now, you're struggling to motivate yourself, you're struggling to get out of bed, you're unhappy with life, how can you go and give anyone else pleasure? How can you go and make anyone else happier? How can you go and support someone else? You can't. You haven't got enough to support yourself. So the moment you focus on yourself, you get yourself into a position where you're you're happy, you're buzzing, you're the life of the party, you're you're happy within yourself. That's the only way you can give anything off. And if someone is trying to give away stuff and help people out when they've got nothing left, they can't do it. Same way as if you want to help, if you want to help people, the homeless society right now, which are all, everyone's lying on the streets, they've got nowhere to live, right? How do you do it? Well, unless you've got money. You can't go and do that, right? So the best way to do it is rather than giving the money now is go away, work fucking hard, make as much money as you can, and then go and get them a house, right? It's the same principle with emotions, but money's the easy way to describe it, right? Is you need to have emotional intelligence with yourself. You have to be happy with yourself. You have to be overjoyed with yourself. Be basically off your face in terms of happiness before you can go and try and make the next man happy. And that's the problem we have as a society. Everyone's trying to please. And they haven't pleased themselves yet. I know that um, I've got mates like talking more on, a, on, a, on an emotional side who even when like they're not 100% with themselves will still try and be the life of the party. We'll still try and help other people out wherever they can. We'll put everyone else before them and it ends up just like breaking them. Of course. You, and you can't do anything different. I really mean this. If anyone is not in a good place right now, literally just like look yourself in the mirror, 
focus on yourself. What do I need to do to make myself happier and more positive and have a better outlook on life? And how can I make myself better so I can help other people? It's not selfish to put yourself first. It's not selfish to think, how can I make myself a happier person? That's not selfish. It's selfish if you don't do that. You know, you have to put yourself first. This is, this is you, you're literally, you know, everyone says, it, you know, you know you, you, everyone's around you to support you. It's you against the world. That's the, re- the reality of the situation is someone might be your best friend or might be your best friend. But the reality is it's you against the world, right? So you have to put yourself first and get yourself in the best position to be able to help others, to be able to be a good, be, be a good like brother, to be able to be a, a good boyfriend. You have to put yourself first because otherwise you're not going to be good at anything. You'll be the drain on everyone else. So put yourself first every single day of the week. Make sure you're in a position where you can support others before you try and support anyone with, with, with nothing. I feel like it does get misconstrued a lot where people think that if someone thinks, oh, look after number one like yourself, like that people do take that as someone being selfish when it's, it's just not true. But that's the problem with society right now is we've got to a point where it's, it's it looked down upon. If you are working really hard and, and, and you're growing a business, it's look really down upon if you go and buy a Porsche. It's look really down upon if you're looking after yourself. That is, that is, you should be proud of that. You've worked hard. You've focused on yourself. You made yourself a better person to be able to get there. It's not a problem to go buy a nice car. It's not a problem to go and try and like go to the gym every day and work on yourself and put hours into your own ability. That's not a problem. That's exceptional in my opinion. And the problem with society right now is that it's seen as a negative to focus on yourself when it's a positive. Right, because when you're in a good place, you can support others, and I don't know what's happened to that. I think there's a lot of things we can discuss about the new era of, of how people feel and the way that people are perceived, and all these things. I think that the number one thing, you know, be the best version of you, is the fundamental to everything about life. And people think that I mean that to to put yourself first and to, and to like better yourself. People think you have to be on your own. Like people think, oh, you can't have like a girlfriend kids like a, a job and focus on yourself when it's so easy to do all of the above and just make sure that you do those little things it, it, you don't have to like in one day make right realize and make yourself happy make yourself the best so person this it is takes thing, ages right? absolutely you're right but here's the secret you have to have if you're going to have friends girlfriends boyfriends whatever right they have to be in a position to allow you to become the best version of you, right? So if I've got a, a nagging girlfriend that's like, Pete, you're always you're at the gym every evening and I don't get to see you and uh, you're always at work. And it's, If they're like that, they are not the right girlfriend for you, right? Because they are not allowing you to grow as a person at all. Fundamentally not. Now, if on the other hand, like in my case, like where they see you develop as a person, they're liking you grow, that's the person for you. They're supporting you to do that. You should never, ever, 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 ever be battling to make yourself a better person and then go into your other half or your parents or your brother and then battle with them about you battling to become a better person. Those people there who are your closest people, your closest relationships, have to be supporting you. And that's where the whole thing about, you know, if they're not a good friend, sack them off because it's laying you down. That's where it comes into it. If they're not supporting you, sack them off because it's hard enough. We all know this, right? It's hard enough being the best person of you, version of you. It's hard enough putting you, pushing yourself forward without someone else trying to drag you down as well. So that's the thing I'd say is if you, if you aren't growing or you are growing and you've got someone niggling on your shoulder, that's when I'd pull away. That's when I'd be like, nah, you ain't for me. It's hard because it's hard enough to work it's on hard, yourself man. every Everyone single day. You know, yeah. if, people who are, and hopefully there's a lot of you right now because the thing I like about this podcast is that you can see what I'm trying to do, right? Everyone can see me trying to push forward. And I'm hoping that some people as well who listen to this are on the same personal development journey, right? They know how hard it is as well. 
they know the difficulties of getting yourself out of a routine, putting yourself forward, growing yourself as an individual, making yourself number one's priority. And that goes back to you can't do it unless you're, you, know, you look after yourself first. You can't help others until you're looked after. So, you know, get that supportive network around you and, and sack of anyone who's not there because they ain't worth it. Lovely bit of inspiration at Cheers, five o'clock on a I mean, Wednesday. I've been just looking at chickens all day. So I'm more than, I feel hot actually today. I'm warm. It is rather warm in here, it's to be warm. fair. Just so you all know, we actually literally sweat this podcast out because we turn the air conditioning off to get rid of the noise. Also, big insight, my beer is over business podcast. Wait, is it business over beers? Business over beers. I actually said this on the podcast. I don't even know this. When I was on the podcast, I said, is it business over beers? And I'm like, yeah, I was like, okay, cool, just you. Business over beers podcast, apparently it was fire. I've been editing through it today and... I've been like, I think you ended up like, because the podcast was only supposed to be like 20 minutes long or something, mm. wasn't it? It ended up being like a 45, 50 minute conversation. Oh, yeah. And I'm, I'm struggling to like cut it down. Mm. Well, yeah, that's what, we, that's what you guys listen to week in, week out. You can, you can look forward to that. I think uh, I've got it ready to upload on the uh, 2nd of July. The full... Is it, when's the vlog going out? The vlog's going out this Friday. Is it going to be in the vlog? It's going to be in the vlog okay, for fine. this Friday. But the full, the full version is going to be up on July the 2nd. Fire. I hope you feel you'll, uh, you'll like that. What time is it, Sam? How long are we on? Uh, we're on about 34 minutes, and it's 10 to 5. Okay, well, we'll wrap it up here, because uh, sometimes that is... Is it your first day back today? Second day back? I haven't seen you in so long. Second day it, back. It feels quite emotional, actually, staring <laughs> into your eyes. Um, as always, guys, I really appreciate you listening. really appreciate all the support. Um, yeah, it means a lot. Let me know how you get on with book. Actually, here's one thing I'm slipping on, actually, while we're here. I'm slipping on book reading. Slipping on book reading. Oh, I also I drank today. I did. I thought you said you, didn't you say you were going to have a little glass of champagne at the I awards? Didn't, I didn't mean it. So I got to the awards and they ran out of champagne because they were giving away free champagne. And I was like, I'll have some sh- free champagne, right? They were like, oh, sorry, Pete, you're too late. Um, there's no champagne. I was like, oh, well, well, there you go. That's, that's kept me not drinking, right? At the show today, I picked up an orange juice, right? It, was, it had orange juice and Prosecco in there. I don't know what that is. That's slightly alcoholic, isn't it? Bucks Fizz. Bucks Fizz. <laughs> so I drank, I was like, oh, mate, I drank alcohol. So I had another glass of champagne. Um, so that's that. So I've now uh, start from day one again. Factory reset. But that's on a serious level. Um, I wanted to do that anyway. I was telling Sam, I don't want to be at a point where I'm two, three, four, five, ten years down the line where I haven't drink drunk, and it's now peer pressure in myself to not drink. I wanted to reset anyway. Um, so that's that's that. Well, going back to better in yourself, you can't be beating up on yourself for having a drop of alcohol. It, it's not even that. I mean, to be honest with you, uh, what I've learned in this six month period, which everyone should go through, in my opinion, is that. You do not need alcohol. Like you fund I actually enjoy a night out more sober. I actually do. I will not drink on a night out. But what I might do now is have a glass of, glass of red wine, you know, when I'm having dinner or something. But you know, the thing for me was very much six months, no alcohol, and it's um, yeah. I don't think I won't drink. I won't drink like I like I, I, don't, like I used to. It's not like I'm an alcoholic, but <laughs> I won't. I won't have like a glass of like a beer a week or anything like that. I'm not feeling it. But I might have a glass of red wine like once a month or something. You know. I just don't feel the, feel the need for it. So that's that. Um, I was going to say something else then. This is the problem in my life. I don't know what I'm talking about half the time. But anyway, appreciate you all listening. If you've got any questions for the show next week, uh, hit me up on Instagram, at Watto. And yeah, I appreciate you. Thank you.